This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to your Catholic Corner, Free FM 89.0, brought to you by the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City, God's Own New Zealand. Today is the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C. As we get ready today to be with God, tune in to Salve Regina, by the Benedictine monks. Today, the second Sunday of Ordinary Time, we have the first reading from the prophet Isaiah. God delights in Israel and will rejoice as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 96, a song in praise of God's marvelous deeds. Second reading from the letter to the Corinthians. All spiritual gifts originate from the same Spirit. And then we have the Gospel reading from the Gospel according to John. Jesus performs his first sign at a wedding feast in Cana. Welcome to your Catholic Corner. Peace be with you. I'm Julie this Sunday morning. Before we get into the readings of today, I wanted to share some news with you. And the news is, it it was actually posted on January the 10th, so earlier this week, and it's from the Catholic News Service. It refers to an event that the Pope did last year, but let's, let's get into it, from Vatican City. It reads, At his celebration of Mass 
for the Sunday of the Word of God on the 23rd of January, so next week. Pope Francis will formally install new catechists and lectors, ministries open to women. The Pontifical Council for Promoting New Evangelization, which coordinates the annual celebration, said the Mass celebrated by Pope Francis in St. Peter's Basilica will include the conferral of the ministries of lector and catechist. Pope Francis formally instituted the Ministry of Catechist in May of last year, in May 2021. It followed his decision in January to open the ministries of lector and acolyte to women. Although in most dioceses, women already served as readers in altar service at Mass, they were not formally instituted in those services on a stable basis. Pope Francis often has spoken of the importance of selecting, training and supporting catechists who are called to lead people to a deeper relationship with Jesus, prepare them to receive the sacraments and educate them in the teachings of the Church. The Sunday of the Word of God, instituted by Pope Francis in 2019, is meant to encourage, among all Catholics, interest in knowing the sacred scriptures and their central role in the life of the Church and the Christian faith. The theme for the 2022 celebration is, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God, a verse which comes from the Gospel of St. Luke. The Pope is also scheduled to celebrate a prayer service on the 25th of January at Rome's Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls for the conclusion of the week of prayer for Christian unity, according to the Vatican, which released a schedule of papal liturgies for January and February. According to the schedule, published the 10th of January, he will celebrate the 2nd of February Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, which also marks the Vatican celebration of the World Day for Consecrated Life, with a Mass with consecrated men and women in St. Peter's Basilica in the evening. He will also celebrate Mass in the Basilica of Santa Croce in Florence on the 27th of February during his one-day visit there to speak at a meeting of bishops and mayors in the Mediterranean region. That visit also is to include an encounter with refugees, refugee families according to the Italian Bishops' Conference. Now, if you are like me, I wondered what is a lector? So I did a little bit of research. And the lector or lector is actually a ministry, which may also be called reader or minister of the word. A lector is the person who proclaims the first or second reading at Mass. This person may also lead the psalm in the absence of a cantor and the prayers of the faithful at Mass in the absence of a deacon. A lector must have the qualifications listed, which I'll get to in a minute, and have a desire to minister in this capacity at the Mass. This ministry in the Church requires a person who is of excellent character and serious about the practice of his or her faith. The lector must believe that sacred scripture is the word of God and have deep respect for God's presence in that word. Who can be a lector? All the faithful, especially those who will serve as lectors, should properly should properly be trained on the following. 
Here we go, here's the list. You must be practicing Catholics, distinguished in their Christian life, faith and morals, must attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation and rest on those days from unnecessary servile labor. Must confess your sins in the Sacrament of Reconciliation regularly. And it's got in brackets with an exclamation mark, monthly if possible. Must receive Holy Communion regularly, daily Mass when possible. Must observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church. Must provide for the material needs of the Church in brackets, that means tithing, must observe the marriage laws of the church, be married in the Catholic Church, be married outside the Catholic Church, if married outside the Catholic Church, or if single, no cohabitation or sexual activity, must participate in the church's primary mission, which is evangelization. You must be at least 16 years old or selected by catechists for family masses. Have received the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. Have demonstrated a deep reverence for and devotion to Holy Scripture. Possess the requisite abilities and temperament to carry out your assigned duties. Participate in practical training of proclamation and opportunity for practice and critique. Complete safe environment training annually. The two requirements for lectors listed in the general instruction are that they are to be truly suited to perform this function and that they should receive careful preparation. The general introduction to the lectionary provides a more detailed description of the qualifications for non-instituted lectors. The liturgical assembly truly requires readers, even those who are not instituted. Proper measures must, therefore, be taken to ensure that there are qualified laypersons who have been trained to carry out this ministry. Whenever there is more than one reading, it is better to assign the readings to different readers if available. Regarding what is necessary for an individual to be truly suited, this involves being a fully initiated Catholic living in communion with the Church. Being truly suited also implies the necessary talents to serve as a lector. Thus, individuals who are not able to proclaim the readings in a clear manner that expresses the dignity of Scripture may not be suited for this service in church. So that's the official definition definition of a lector. Now, if you're wondering what a catechist is, because that's also happening next week on the 23rd of January. In the Catholic Church, a catechist is someone who teaches the core principles of the faith. In earlier centuries, catechists were often priests or members of religious orders, but they are now frequently laypersons who volunteer or are sometimes employed at Catholic schools or parishes. With a new document issued, Moto Proprio, which means on the Pope's own initiative, lay catechists can be officially instituted into roles as ministers for the local diocese and receive recognition for what the Pope termed a stable form of service rendered to the local church. 
Pope Francis said the Vatican's Congregation for Design Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments will soon publish a right of institution for the ministry and that catechists should receive suitable biblical, theological, pastoral and pedagogical formation to succeed in their roles. The the Pope also asked national bishops' conferences to render effective the new ministry and determine the necessary process of formation and the normative criteria for admission to the role. That is two official new ministries that the Pope is instigating next week or celebrating at his Mass for the Sunday of the Word of God. So that will be the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. I'm Julie and you are listening to Your Catholic Corner, brought to you by the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest, here in Hamilton City, Kirikiriroa, God's Own, New Zealand. Now let's look at today's readings. As I said, the first reading today is from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is one of my favorite prophets. I just love the way he he words. I love his writings. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord says this, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, My delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your builder marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you, the word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm, or the response for today's psalm, proclaim God's marvellous deeds to all the nations. O sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. 
proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He will judge the peoples with equity. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. And the second reading today on this, the second Sunday of Ordinary Time, is a reading from the letter of Paul to the Corinthians. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. The Word of the Lord. Before we get to today's Gospel reading, which is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, let's just have a little bit of background information. As I said, this Sunday we're in ordinary time and we begin officially, even though it's the third week of ordinary, the liturgical season of ordinary time. For many Sundays in this lectionary, which is cycle C, our readings will be taken from the Gospel of Luke. Occasionally, however, like today, we will read from John's Gospel. Today's Gospel describes the beginning of Jesus' ministry with his first miracle, which is the wedding at Cana. To situate today's reading within the context of John's Gospel, we note that John's report of this event follows Jesus' call of his first disciples. John tells us that Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding at Cana, as was Mary, Jesus' mother. There is no parallel report of this miracle at Cana in any of the synoptic Gospels. So those are the Gospels that tell a similar story. In the church's liturgical history, the wedding feast of Cana is closely associated with the baptism of the Lord and the adoration of the infant Jesus by the wise men. So that's what we've had the last couple of weeks. If you remember, we've had the, the wise men, and last week we had, the week before, we had the baptism in this context, the sign Jesus performs at the wedding feast is celebrated as an epiphany or a manifestation of Jesus' divinity. Yet awareness of Jesus' impending passion and death is ever-present in John's Gospel. 
Even in this report, as we'll hear, of Jesus' first sign, the language used anticipates Jesus' passion. When Jesus says to his mother that his hour has not yet come, he protests against her wishes in language that John will use again when reporting Jesus' last supper with his disciples. When introducing the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, John writes that Jesus knew that his hour had come. In John's Gospel, Jesus is very much in command and aware of all that is to happen to him. Here, as elsewhere, or today as in, elsewhere in John's Gospel, Mary is not mentioned by name, but is referred to instead as the mother of Jesus. Mary is influential in Jesus' first sign. She will also be present at his crucifixion, a witness to the final manifestation of his divinity. So she's there at the beginning and at the end. John's Gospel describes seven signs that indicate Jesus' identity to his disciples. John never speaks of these signs as miracles because their importance is not in the deed that Jesus performs, but in what these deeds indicate about Jesus' identity. Here, today, as when John describes the other signs, the disciples are said to begin to believe. But no mention is made as to whether the other wedding guests are even aware of what has happened. Marriage and wedding feasts are metaphors used in Scripture to describe God's salvation and the kingdom of God. Here, at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, John's Gospel seeks to establish that Jesus is going to reinterpret and fulfill Yahweh's promise to Israel. Jesus establishes the New Covenant, and that's New Covenant with capital N, capital C. A new covenant. A hint about what this new covenant will be like is made evident in the deed that Jesus performs, asked to do something to address the awkward situation that the absence of wine at a wedding feast would create. Jesus' miracle produces vast quantities of wine. Six jars holding 30 gallons of wine are filled to overflowing with choice wine the best wine possible. This lavish lavish response to a simple human need is a vision for us of the abundance of God's kingdom. It challenges us, it challenges you, it challenges me to for us to respond generously when confronted with human need today. We respond as best we can fully confident that God can transform our efforts, bringing the kingdom of God to fulfillment among us. So that's the background to the wedding feast. And as you are listening to this gospel, according to John, keep in mind that Jesus is producing the best wine out of ordinary water. Can we produce our best work with him working through us, us ordinary people? 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding about a hundred litres. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they remained there a few days. The Gospel of the Lord.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.